0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McRobbie. We are the host
0: of the monthly show on East. The retreat East meets West.
1: Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews, and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East.
0: You can remember to check that on the Eat, Sleep, place Life, podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify, or iTunes now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, super Hello and welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome to ESSR Central. My name is Ross McLeod and I recently learned that in 2011, Stephen, Reacher, Stephen, Richards, I, Stephen Richards defeated Okada on an episode of TNA Explosion. Joining me this week for no other reason for me to have someone to tell that really boring fact is Gary Kermin. Gary, how are you? Oh, Thank you. Thank you, Ross. Do you know, Stevie Richards has
1: uh, become quite a useful follow on Twitter. His analysis of what went right and what went wrong in wrestling is pretty pretty good. Who'd have thought we would start this week's episode of Central talking about <laughs> Big Daddy, uh, Big Stevie kill? sorry, the leader of the BWO.
0: I've seen a, just, let's just keep talking about Big Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a, an interview with him and he was talking about Kevin Nash and he thought, when he got to WCW, he thought, he's going to kill me for impersonating them in the BWO and all they said to him was, did you get money for those t-shirts? And he said, no, I didn't. Oh, that was silly. And then he just walked away from him. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I read, I read that story uh, the other day as, as well. <laughs> Who would have thought it's 2023 and some of the most over names in wrestling and pop culture are Al Snow, because he's on Netflix, yeah. Maven and Stephen Richards, the YouTube sensations, and Billy Gunn is in a major promotion holding a title and it doesn't feel weird. <laughs> the, the,
1: one, the one Billy Gunn. The one like, Billy Gunn. Uh, uh, and I, I, I get, I get jip, jip for bringing up Viscera all the time <laughs> and you find all these creative ways to sneak Billy Gunn references into things.
0: Why I was watching episodes of T- uh, TNA Explosion from 2010? I was trying to find him. I was looking through it all. But anyway, before we, before we get on to our stories for the week, just remember a massive back catalogue, of previews, reviews, interviews, all the news. You can check out our feature shows, our draft shows, and, of course, every week of Central. But, you know, listen to this one first. You can find that on Eat Sleep Suplex, retweet on itunes spotify and all good android podcasting sites and at suplex retweet twitter facebook instagram youtube you name it we're on it right um let's start with some a uh, impact soon to be tna again wrestling Uh last week on november the 2nd you and i attended the impact maximum impact tour a uh, returning to the uk for the first time in over eight years they were at glasgow's o2 academy and they recorded an actual live Impact in Glasgow. It was quite cool. It was excellent. It was an absolutely fabulous night,
1: a great show packed full of really fabulous matches, and I'm quite impressed with this Impact, this roster that Impact Wrestling have just now. I think it's a good mix of experienced fans that have never made it, some people that have experienced the the big time and some up-and-coming, exciting talent that you can see going on to... To bigger and better things, but I thought it was a really, really excellent show for anybody that hasn't checked it out. Really encourage folk to do so. If you do watch it back, Ross, you will see us and plenty of <laughs> shots throughout the throughout the show <laughs> as we ended up with pretty, pretty good spots, not far from
0: from the entrance and
1: uh, uh, ringside.
0: Yeah, we had a a massive big bit next to us because it seemed, due to some heavy-handed security, I think we got there at the right time because everyone else was afraid to move, so it gave us a good bit of wiggle room. (laughs) Yeah, very good show with uh, very strict security that clearly
1: don't have much else to do. Uh, other than guard space and prevent people from using certain toilets, as it turned out. But a really, really excellent show for the people of Glasgow, that did, the rest of wrestling fans in Glasgow that missed out on this one. You certainly missed yourself. It was a really excellent show. I think, um, you know, hopefully uh, TNA will do this again and they'll come and tour round about the UK, UK again. I'd like to think if they did so again, they would maybe... And i a little bit further ahead of time that actually these were going to be taped shows, that these were going to be episodes of Impact I think they maybe missed out on something something there. And indeed with the, the pay-per-view, which we may come on to as well, I think they could have done that. But when I watched it back on... watch um, watched, watched the, the broadcast episode back, I thought the way that they added in the commentary didn't do... Itself any justice, you know. Uh, I presume you've seen it as well, Ross. That you know the commentators weren't actually in Glasgow, but they sort of inserted them in and had them talking in front of like empty, empty mm-hmm. space. I think they, they I think they had done themselves a wee bit of a disservice with the broadcast. That if they'd actually just added, yeah. either had the comment, commentators there or added the 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 voices over without indicating that they weren't there. Would have been in better
0: presentationally. Yeah, for well, it. certainly, on the very next night in Newcastle, which is just down the road, uh, they were there in person for the Turning Point uh, Premium Live event. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that they didn't then put them put them
1: there for the Glasgow show is a, a bit of a misstep, in my view. But some of the matches that they had on the night, I thought they were really, really excellent matches. I couldn't really fault any of them. I think there was three matches that we seen live that didn't make the the TV cut, and actually those three matches as well were were excellent.
0: Well, we'll talk about um, the Glasgow Cup first because they did they did something to the live crowd, which I quite enjoyed. You know, they could have just went, oh, you know the the champion of Scotland tournament and, you know, not done anything with it, but they they did and they actually mentioned it the very next night uh, during Henry's entrance at the Turning Point uh, Premium Live event, but two semi-final matches, Joe Henry defeating Rich Swan, which I thought was quite a good match, Kazarian defeating Leon Slater, Leon Slater, the up-and-coming 19-year-old, the current North Wrestling champion as well. Um, Two really good matches and Joe Henry, for people like us, you know, because we're going to talk talk a bit at this section about uh, the British talent on because we are a a British wrestling podcast we see a lot more of these guys but to see Joe Hendry from going to a guy who was just on a Ring of Honour show in 2018 so they had some home country representation to now feeling like an integral part of Impact Wrestling uh, going on to win the Glasgow Cup defeating Kazarian in the final um, it's just great to see the progression from a ICW to impact.
1: Yeah, I think he he's looking like a like a star. Now his his entrances have always been creative over his mm-hmm. careers, but this current this current one is is super. And he looks fabulous as well. He's clearly in, in great shape and has really you know is is fabulous on the mic. He is
0: somebody to watch. Uh, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. Uh, Someone else to watch, uh, a losing effort on the Glasgow show, but someone I'd never seen before, uh, Stephen Wilson, who was with us, said, you need to watch him. He does does some amazing diving moves, and I thought, all right, okay, because in this era of, you know, smaller guys, the the diving moves have sort of lost their appeal, but Leon Slater, he was an absolute highlight reel. (laughs) He was sensational.
1: He really was. He was. He was superb. And the match between him and Kazarian, uh was one of the highlights of of the night. He he was he was super. Of course, with anybody that does this type of style, it's a high high risk, high reward type of style that they they put out there. So if he can if he can go through his career, hope oh, God, uh, willing, avoiding injuries, he could be a really bright star. And a really good get for T TN, uh, for TNA to add him to their to their uh, ever-growing
0: imp- impressive roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon Slater the next night defeats Mark Haskin on the pre-show defending his North Wrestling Championship. Uh, smart to do getting him in front of the sort of home-based crowd people mm-hmm. that would have uh, known that uh, championship. And then in the commentary night too, Uh, Scott Damore presented Leon Slater with a new contract for the TNA era, they'll be back uh, once TNA becomes a thing again in 2024, so as you said, adding to an ever-expanding roster and it's weird because as someone who's a regular viewer of Impact, there was a lot of people not on the show Mm -hmm. like, you know, regulars but the thing Impact Wrestling seemed to do is the really the, let's start that again they booked everyone pretty well so it's, it feels like everyone is a star mm-hmm. and anyone at any time can make that step up and don't get me wrong there is times where you see you know, during Josh Alexander's title run there was times you're like this guy's never beaten him <laughs> also, they always did something to make you doubt yourself during the match pardon me and the fact that the likes of Steve Macklin and that weren't there but you've seen the pop, the likes of Diana Parazzo, Moose, the Motorcycle Machine Guns, Kazarian, all them got. It It didn't feel that you missed out. And that's, that's the impressive thing about the roster that Impact are creating.
1: Yeah, I did wonder if you would uh, find a way of mentioning Steve Macklin because I remember sitting on a show with you when you did about a 20-minute uh, love letter to
0: well, Steve only Macklin.
1: Minutes. <laughs> this that's, that's week so I would um, so I'm, I'm, no doubt you would have been disappointed to have, to have missed him I thought it was interesting that they were also, the way they were bringing in and using some local stars which initially I thought was, was a bit of a cost cutting or cost saving measure because to do a, a tour like this it, it's expensive with the travel, the accommodation, the salaries you're paying to people so it makes sense to tour with a with a tight group and supplement it with some some local local people there, but yes, um, uh, and some of the ones that they they use, which we'll we'll come on to talk about um, uh, as well. I thought were 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 interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, subculture and Danny Luna—they've been part of Impact recently. Uh, they had a short run with the Impact World Championships, uh, World Tag Team Championships, issue too. Um It always felt like they were short term, but because they've just sort of not been on the show for maybe two, three weeks, it didn't feel like, oh, they're bringing in local UK guys to, you know, cut costs. Someone who, well, he always gets a reaction in Glasgow and throughout the UK, who was back on the tour with Impact was Grado. Grado, previously with Impact eh, back in 2018 eh, and prior to the pandemic, eh, he defeated Trey Miguel on this episode of Impact. And interestingly, interestingly enough, him and Rhino, Uh, took on two maybe unknown names for a lot of uh, viewers, but great exposure for them. Uh, Mike D. Vecaccio and Ryan Richards of Glasgow, Scotland, uh, and of ICW. Uh, They took on them on the Turning Point pre-show, Ryan Richards and Mike Devanco. I apologise if I butchered that name. (laughs) Um, Part of the... The Impact Bootcamp they were doing uh, prior to the shows, uh, the Gut Check Challenge, I should say, sorry. Um, Really smart for Impact to be getting in at grassroots because I think we mentioned people who have been elsewhere and done it and maybe not found satisfaction. You know, Eric Young and WWE, Kazarian and AEW, uh, returning to Impact. But let's be honest, they don't have the budget that WWE and AEW have it's smart to be keeping an eye on these people from the get-go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also, what a, a lot of confidence uh, in those, those those young talent to get a, a tryout and then immediately move on. And also, that speaks volumes for people that are up and coming and looking, it sends a very positive signal to, to young people out there that are thinking about trying the luck with impact wrestling that actually if you're good enough they will they will give you give you the opportunity so i think it's a a really good move all, all around and for a company like impact that's not going to be able to compete financially with some of the with the wwe's with the AEW, they will lose and it's in all likelihood they're going to be losing some of their bigger stars in the not too distant future, they've got to always be on the lookout for, mm. for new talent and um, and picking up people that are maybe a bit of green that they can polish
0: and create their own stars with is, is where they've got to go uh, Another one of the British talent, Emerson Jane uh, of Scotland former Discovery Wrestling Women's Champion she was appearing throughout the tour uh, she lost to Naomi in Glasgow, appeared on the two nights in Coventry. Uh, another one who, much like Viper, round about 2018, 2019, uh, seemed to be, for us, certainly in Scotland, uh, she seemed to be the one that a lot of people spoke about uh, in the women's division, you know, being one of the best alongside Kaylee Ray and uh, Viper. But, of course, those guys have left now. Emerson Jane has pretty much become... The top female wrestler in Scotland. Um, I won't argue Britain because I don't know of any of the wrestling women in uh, in England and Wales. But um, certainly, someone who's very well respected up here, and maybe Impact can be her ticket because, uh, to bigger and better things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um, I think she's got a got a fabulous exposure and experience throughout this tour. The fact that in Glasgow she's put in the ring with the Impact Wrestling World Women's World Champion is a fabulous spot and actually I thought um, I thought this was just going to be a match for, for the house. I didn't realise it was going to be on, on the actual broadcast until I walk, watched it back. So what a
0: what a, just what just fabulous experience this must have been for Emerson James. No, absolutely. Uh, and of course another one who we can't not talk about, he wasn't in Glasgow unfortunately he was in Newcastle he was in the main event of the Turning Point uh, pay-per-view, Will Ospreay uh, soon to be free agent, Will Ospreay Uh, he's got WWE chased him he's got AEW chasing him he's been on the last two Impact Wrestling um, Premium Live events, he was on Bound for Glory, he's been on this, he's going to be on this coming week's Impact, taking on Josh Alexander, he defeated Eddie Edwards via pinfall Apparently, Impact are very much in for Will Osprey's signature. Scott DeMole's made it clear that he wants to sign him. Um, Will Osprey's never been afraid to go, not where the money is, but help build something. You know, He, he took a few months and uh, settled in Australia to help grow their wrestling, uh, independent wrestling scene. He's went to Japan because he prefers that sort of wrestling style. He's made it clear he was a TNA fan growing up. Um, that's how he got into wrestling on the Wrestling Channel, watching all the episodes of TNA. TNA's returning, he's never wrestled under the TNA banner. I think that might be a draw, a pulling factor uh, in TNA's favour.
1: Yeah, I mean it's fabulous for TNA to get him um, and to be part of their shows uh, and yeah um... You know, osprey is certainly you certainly getting about. <laughs> He's kind, you know, he had a tremendous a tremendous spot at EW uh, particularly in Wembley, and for him to be part of Impact just now, it's drawn eyes on both himself and on Impact.
0: Uh, right. Well, we'll hopefully see more of Impact uh, in the. Or should i should say we'll hopefully see more of TNA in the UK. Well, next year. I'm interested in that, I was curious about the, I'd love to
1: know what the thinking within uh, Impact Wrestling TNA is to announce the name change but not have it immediate. I'm just curious about why they're waiting so long to to bring it in
0: So they were talking, uh, there was a there's a thing on the Impact Wrestling, soon it be TNA Wrestling uh, YouTube channel where they talked about Um, when Scott Damore and Don Callis came into uh, Impact Wrestling in, in 2018, 2019, he was saying that it had been through so many name changes, you know, originally it was NWA TNA, then it was TNA, and then for a while it was TNA, now it's TNA Impact, now it's Impact Presents TNA, then it was Global Force Wrestling, then it was Global Force Impact, and they just thought... At that time, where they were rebuilding the company, just a simple impact, because the show was called Impact, it was recognisable, it was a steady a steady name so they could steady the ship. And what he also said was, and I think this holds weight, um, TNA, the name, had become sort of a meme under the Dixie Carter, Hulk Hogan, Vince Russo era. Um, yeah. A lot of missteps there, and what he said was, while Impact has continuously, over the last four or five years, delivered a great product that fans can watch, it also seems like sometimes they always get all oh, remember when. So the TNA is uh, a going back to something that never went away for a lot of people. But he also said, we're now done apologising. We will hold our product up against anyone. We can't apologise for mistakes in the past, which I... I absolutely agree with, you know, you and I have sat through some absolutely dog shit WMB shows, but no one sits there and, you know, brings up as much as they do with the likes of TNA and and Impact, so I think their thought was get people used to it again and then have a big sort of, you know, they only do four pay-per-views a year, this is one of them, mm-hmm. do that, and then it's like, boom, you know, it, it, it draws eyes on it and hopefully improves the buy rate sort of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and um, so curious about the timing of it. I just, I would just love to know why they announced it and didn't just do it immediately. But they are getting quite a lot of build to the moment, which may may have just answered my own my own question there. <laughs> um, obviously, we've seen at Glasgow the return that you touched on it the return of Giredo, uh and it looks like he's going to be. Uh, part of T, uh, TNA Impact Wrestling going forward, but worryingly uh, injury to
0: Alex Shelley. Unfortunately so, yeah. So the taping in Glasgow was originally meant to air um, on November the... What date is it today? So tomorrow is November the 9th. That is when it was originally meant to be aired. Unfortunately, they had uh, the turning point... Uh, Premium live event that was airing on Friday, November the third. Alex Shelley would then have been injured. Uh he had to be taken out of his match. So they moved the Glasgow show around and it kind of just explained the injury. So the pre-taped ones, I think there's two weeks of pre-tapes mm-hmm. uh, from Chicago, from the Bound for Glory Fallout. So they thought, right, we'll put that there. And it means Alex Shelley's back on TV. And then hopefully, it's not a serious injury, so hopefully Alex Shelley's back on the men soon and hopefully ready for Hard to Kill. Um, I believe it's uh, January 13th, but I'll need to double-check that. Um, but we'll move on from Impact Wrestling just now. Oh, sorry, one last note. On that uh, call with Scott Demore. he did say about the TNA titles, he said it's the same lineage, um, if we change them tomorrow you know it'd be Alex Shelley that was the TNA champion, Trinity's the TNA women's champion sort of thing, he did say all new belts, he knows that people like um, the old designs but they thought for a rebrand, all new titles so it would be interesting to see them, I'm sure we'll have them revealed at the pay-per-view, um, let's go from Impact Wrestling to WWE and let's talk about Crown Jewel which took place this past Saturday, November 4th from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia Uh, A packed card saw Seth Rollins, Rhea Ripley, Sky, and Roman Reigns all successfully defend their titles. Logan Paul is the new United States champion, defeating Rey Mysterio. Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Solo Sokoa, all with singles wins as well. Where would you like to start, Um, Gary? Anything you'd like to review, anything you feel strongly about, anything you'd like to get off your chest with Crown Joe? Well,
1: one thing I feel strongly about, I love being able to sit down and watch a WWE pay-per-view Premium live event at a decent time Absolutely The Americans can have a bit of what we have had For all (laughs) of our lives So that's one thing The 5pm start time Super Um, Couple of things to touch on Uh, I suppose a big moment for me coming out of this show Is so So dominant In a uh, victory over John Cena which I did not See coming and uh, Logan Paul uh, coming out as the United States champion. I'm fascinated to see where that he goes with that. Just now, so those are two big
0: sort of comments, highlights for me from the show, Ross. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, just a wee aside. I did get that right. It's January 13th. TNA Hard to Kill. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought the. I thought the fact that Solo beat him so dominantly, because recent years, a win over John Cena hasn't meant as much. He's not there as often. He's not presented as the John Cena used to be. It's more of a novelty act uh, at this point. But the fact that Solo was so dominant and and the build-up, Cena's whole promo was, I haven't won a singles match since, and I believe it was... um, the first ever Saudi show, the greatest Royal Rumble against Triple H which was the last time he won a singles match. Um, he's since lost to the likes of The Fiend and... God um, oh Christ, what's his name? Austin Theory. There you go, that's how memorable it was. Um, he has won multiple tag matches since then, mind you. You know, he's not as if he's struggling to find a win anywhere, but he's not won a singles match since then. Um, Solo Sokoa beating him in convincing fashion, as you said, Just goes to show that although the bloodline, the main bloodline story with the likes of the Usos might be over, the likes of Roman and Solo are still very much protected in WWE's eyes. Yeah.
1: And going into it, that whole line from Cena about not having won in five years just made me think that he was going to win. (laughs) And, And this one. And I presume that uh, Cena is going to be heading back to his uh, his acting career now. So on his way out, he has he has massively put Solo over. I suppose it does leave the door open for Cena to come back to try and get revenge against against Solo. But yeah, I mean. Well, yeah, yeah just it uh, was totally dominant, The I think the only other time, the closest we've probably seen John Cena being dominated like that was the SummerSlam match against Brock Lesnar where we had the 1900
0: suplexes <laughs> yeah, the star of Suplex City um, yeah, but very dominant I hope it doesn't lead to a WrestleMania rematch that Cena wins, because then I think it just kills all the momentum of solo I think Solo moves on for here, and if Cena comes back, he goes elsewhere. But let's stick with the bloodline. Let's talk about Roman Reigns, LA Knight. I think we all know, I think we all knew in our heart of hearts, LA Knight had no chance of winning. Yeah, exactly.
1: I One of the things I love about wrestling is when you can suspend your disbelief. You were talking uh, about a moment ago with the Impact matches and Impact, where you think, oh, no, this is never going to happen, and then something happens. It makes you think they might win, and they tried that in this match. There was some ne- near falls, some very uh, dubious, call ones <laughs> in particular. In this match, um, but uh, yeah, you just didn't believe for a minute that Ellie Knight was going to win it. I mean, the pop that Ellie Knight got when he came out was, was super and uh, to be expected. Uh, I've seen some stuff where people are reporting that there's belief that LA Knight has hit his ceiling. I hope that that's not a true belief because he strikes me as just a, a total star who's who's actually when you look back over his year, uh, one of the reasons you know he's got over so organically, he's not been forced on our throats. You know, he was he had that Royal Rumble match. And then didn't do a great deal after that. Uh, won the re- Andre the Giant. No, he didn't win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal because the crowd was pissed off he didn't win it. That was Bobby Lashley. He wasn't he on. Yeah. Battle Royal. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was uh, wasn't on Mania. So he's got over super organically. Uh, I'd love to see him go on and feud with Logan Paul over the United States title now. And have a program with him that could be that could be super. And there's some breadcrumbs, being laid from the money in the bank match, uh, so they build up the money in the Bank between the two of them. But yeah, sorry, I never believed for a minute. I found it hard to believe that at any point that he was going to come out on on top. But I enjoyed enjoyed the match. I thought they they, they were super.
0: Yeah. Um. You mentioned obviously about the popularity thing that comes from Just, Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated he's noted that WWE currently has no immediate plans for Knight as a Royal Rumble winner or as a challenger for Roman Reigns at Wrestlemania or beyond that as Ringside News reported apparently WWE has those winners already figured out. Internally there's a belief that LA Knight has reached the pinnacle of his popularity despite being a blood figure in pro wrestling just now, Knight's merchandise sales still thriving. WWE seems to be shifting their focus towards other storylines and they believe that Ellie Knight needs to connect with crowds on a deeper level at this stage. Um, It is the catchphrase, you know, it is the, yeah, you you know, we were at Wembley, he he wasn't there, he doesn't wrestle for that company (laughs) and that weekend, it was, that was the most (laughs) over thing. Um, certainly with our group, (laughs) and you know, I think I think WWE has seen this before, you know, when a chant gets over, but sometimes that chant just puts a spotlight on something that people already knew. You see the Daniel Bryan, the yes chant, that put that put even more of a shine on the fact that Daniel Bryan was a star, and listen, I'm not saying that he's as good in the ring as Daniel Bryan, but he is a he's an entertaining guy. he can cut a promo, and I think, to be honest, part of his popularity I think can be stifled by the fact that they've kind of made him John Cena's caddy during this last run. Like it's a bit weird. Yeah, I don't think that will
1: hurt him. Um, and as we were just just saying there, I don't believe he's going to be somebody that will dethrone Roman Reigns. I don't. Th- I don't see that for him but a mid mid upper card place going forward I think it's a good spot for him he's talented on the mic, I don't see why it's a criticism that he comes up with a catchphrase that gets over some of the most over wrestlers in history I agree by the way, that wasn't me taking the (laughs) piss I don't see that as something to mark him down against um, because yeah WWE probably made millions of dollars on the back of, of his T-shirts and merchandise sales as well. So I hope some of the things we're hearing in that report is
0: um, are inaccurate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you mentioned Logan Paul. Let's talk about him uh, going up against Rey Mysterio, winning under dubious fashion um, with the brass knucks. I liked the bit at the end where he says, "I just had to do what I had to do," and raised, like, "You know what you did." And Logan's like, "I, I won Fern Square. I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that um, the fact that it wasn't Samantha there to, that I had to announce him as the new United States champion, I think, was a missed opportunity. Yeah,
1: do you know when I was watching the show, and uh, it took me a minute, and I was like, has that ringing them?" So. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, I, I did think, is, is that Saxton? I ended up going on to Twitter to check and I other people commenting to say, where's Samantha? Who's this? You know, who's this guy? Why Saxton doing this? He's much better than I thought he would be. I thought he was ch- doing a great job at challenging his inner think uh, <laughs> to do that there. But yeah, I mean, Samantha is incredible. And also that would have just continued that little little story between him and, uh, him and Ricochet who, uh, you know, sorry, going off on a tangent here, Ricochet, the fatal four-way and Raw, some of the spots that, uh, this past week for the Intercontinental Championship, number one contender, there was this amazing spot. Did you see it, Ross? Ricochet was on the ropes and mm. uh, Ivar hits the ropes and he then landed on Bronson Reed's shoulders and de- delivers a hurricanrana, I think it was. It was just the most mm. exceptional... <laughs> A
0: piece One of, of words, athleticism I know exactly what spot you mean because I've seen it. But I also know, see the way you're explaining, you're having trouble explaining. it I'm the exact same. It's just that sensational of an athletic move. It's like, yeah. did they come up with that? <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: For anybody listening that's not seen it, go and watch it. It was since, and then tweet us how you describe it. <laughs> <laughs> It was
0: sensational. Yeah, we not. We never once claimed to be an audio description podcast. All right, let's just uh, move on for that. Uh, we talked about Logan Paul. What do you think's next for him? Because obviously, we are entering WrestleMania season. It is the perfect time for him to sort of maybe go away for a bit um, and not be overly noticed. <sighs> but do you think at Mania it's him against Ricochet again? Because to be honest, The Samantha bit aside, and she, you know, Logan Paul's most, as charismatic as anything, very easy to hate, loves playing up the heel. Samantha is a great part of the story, but just, I think Ricochet's just sort of hit a ceiling where I don't really care about him. You know, he's not improved in the mic since he got to WWE in 2018. You know, the fact that he used to work on a television-style show, wrestling event uh, in Lucha Underground, I just, I just, I, I don't, I don't really care. I think the the one you mentioned earlier, and I've mentioned that David Campbell's brought it up a lot of times before, Ellie Knight, Logan Paul, for me, is the match, but it's one of those ones, it makes more sense to go ricochet, but, I mean, it makes more sense for me not to have six takeaways a week, but if I could, I would, you know what I mean? Give me Ellie Knight. I
1: know, I was at the gym earlier on, and I'm, um fighting with every fibre of my being not to order a curry <laughs> Just, and undo everything but yes uh, and if I could have that sort of the willpower that somebody like Ricochet has I would have the physique of of Ricochet which I don't um, but yeah I would I would like I would save Night and Paul for Mania but there's still a lot of wrestling to do between now and Mania I think Mysterio gets rematch uh Paul and Ricochet at Rumble or something like that would be would be good, and then sure. move Paul on to um, night for Mania. But you know, is Paul is Paul going to be there enough between now and Mania to to have a decent run as champion? God, think he is
0: going to be. Otherwise, why would they put the title on him? I imagine he will definitely be at the Royal rumble and um, whether it's defending the title or in the rumble match itself it remains to be seen. Um, the show in Perth, um, the elimination chamber in February of 2024, I don't think he can't be there. Um, he has too much crossover appeal to not use him there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've noticed in his WWE run, it has been big falls and international events. He's been used on, mm-hmm. um, they announced something uh, the Saudi experience at the end of January, I don't know if that's going to be uh, a show, a a pay-per-view, a Raw, a Smackdown, whatever you know, I know um, the Royal Rumble I believe is the 27th of January this year, so if it's the end of January it'll have to be, you know, a couple of days later or the week before Um, I don't know if he's going to be on that as well but yeah, I think he will be about enough, as you mentioned, let's um, what we'll do, the likes of Sami Zayn, JD McDonough, and Cody Damien will leave for when we discuss Survivor Series because that all comes into that. Um, I'm just going to quickly mention Rhea Ripley and uh, winning the Fatal Five Way. I thought this was a bad match. This was clunky, horrendous. It, it didn't need to have as many people as it did. I think everyone just got in each other's way. Uh, and Rhea Ripley ends up winning a pretty unremarkable match.
1: Oh, you mean that match with Nia Jax was not good, Ross?
0: Kay <laughs> uh, Supri, I was as shocked as anyone, you
1: know. But anyway, uh, uh, what, uh, what a surprise that is.
0: This, <laughs> to me, going in, and I'll just say this and we'll move on because I don't want to spend too much time on it. This, to me, seemed like the perfect match to either. Have Ripley lose and then win back the title without losing any credit because it was a multi-man match, a multi-woman match, sorry. And it also seemed like the most danger she had been in since becoming champion. But it really wasn't presented that way, and I think they missed an opportunity. But we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, singles match for the World Heavyweight Championship. I think we're getting closer and closer to that Drew McIntyre heel turn.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a very good match, very good match, very good storytelling between the two of them, and yeah, you're absolutely right, the Drew heel turn is, is imminent.
0: Absolutely, and you know, after the match, the, the wee interaction with him and Rhea Ripley, could he join the judgement day, you know, oh, <laughs> What could happen? Um, but anyway, we'll move on from that. Let's talk EO Sky, Bianca Belair, particularly the end of the match, the return of the Pirate Princess, Kyrie Sane, Kyrie mm-hmm. Sane uh, helping helping EO but not helping Bailey. And the two of them celebrated after it. Bailey didn't know what was going on, and Michael Cole made a very good observation the last time we saw a. Oh, Kyrie. Thank you. I'm looking at the the match card here, and I'm reading Eo Sky, and my my mind is going Eo Eo Eo. Um, the last time we saw Kyrie, she was being taken out by Sasha Banks and Bailey.
1: Yeah, I thought. Do you know that's symptomatic of the current approach in WWE? I watched Raw uh, from this week as well. And there are just, we're getting back to a time where there are stories everywhere and there's nuance in some stories. A big criticism we have had in this podcast of the women's division in WWE for a long time is unless you're challenging for the championship, there's nothing for you to do. And here's a great example of it where you've got uh, the fracture that's coming into damage control, this issue that there's going to be with Kairi Sane returning. There's rumours that Sari will be being re-signed with WWE and potentially aligned, So you wonder now if there's going to be an Eosky f- faction and Damage Control may become Bailey and Dakota, or will they go off and do their do their own thing? Hopefully, Hugger Bailey returns and all can be right in the world again. <laughs> and um your dog. once again. Watch a wrestling per You <laughs> we can re- re- repair a broken heart there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah it's great and this this moment with Kyrie coming back uh, there were some people speculating about it in advance um, but it was one of those sort of shocking moments in wrestling that um, yeah I just thought it was super well done and uh, yeah I was pleased not to see another Bianca title run so hopefully she can go off and do something else and uh, add something to her
0: Character and presentation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, partly, it says Fightful Selective said it looks like Sky Insane won't be alone going forward. Uh, revealed another close friend could be joining them in its addition, in addition to someone no one will see coming. It claims. So there you are. Mm. So I was thinking, ask her. But if it's no one that will see it coming, then God knows she has been. We are recording this on the Wednesday. She has confirmed. This coming Friday's uh, episode of Smackdown So it'll be interesting to see that
1: Oh thank goodness because I've got her on my draft team And she's been (laughs) been absolutely useless And part of the reason why I'm fighting relegation With some of the jobbers that we have And the fact that I could be sandwiched Between Callum Bennett and Andy Mitchell Is just an abomination
0: Listen people would pay good money To be sandwiched between those two handsome lads Anyway I I, I can't think who would but (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on now. Uh, looking ahead to Survivor Series in Chicago on Saturday, November twenty fifth, uh, three matches confirmed for the the card. You mentioned the Intercontinental Title Fatal Four Way. The other man in that Fatal Four Way won it. Miz taking on Gunther, uh, looking to rebuild the Miz. I think here, um, yeah. And, I think you know, this rebuild of the Miz,
1: this face turn of the Miz, has been very well done. His hmm. promo work has always been exceptional. Uh, but the promo he cut when he was hosting Ms. TV with uh, with Gunther as his guest was was fabulous. And you could feel
0: in this match the crowd getting right behind the Miz. It was a Let's Go Miz chant, which I don't think I've ever heard before, even when he was a face. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I think it might be a bit too soon. I think we build up to it. Maybe round about Royal Rumble time. Maybe Miz beats him at the start of the night. Gunther wins the Rumble at the end of the night. Maybe mm-hmm. sandwiching in the end of one reign and the start of another, um, booking it, bookending it there. Um, and Miz is the perfect person to do it because there is the story. Obviously, he is going for the record tying ninth Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I'm sure Chris Jericho will say I'm in time because I won one in Japan. It's a different title, a knob. Anyway. <laughs> He's not even said anything and I hate him, you know, that's that's how I am with Jericho these days. But yeah, Gunther V Miz uh, looks set for Survivor Seas on November 25th. Another match, um, the winner of the Women's Battle Royal this past Monday on Raw, Zoe Starks will take on Rhea Ripley for the Women's World Championship. I mentioned just there that this seems like, yeah, the Fatal 5 should have seemed like Ripley was in serious trouble. I don't see it here with Zoe Starks. I I just, I really don't. I don't. I haven't thought of Zoe Starks since she was in NXT. I just find her incredibly dull. Um, I think she found her perfect role as the Diesel uh, to Trish Stratus in that feud. And since then, they've tried to make something of her. And it's just, I just don't care about her. It's as if she's just getting in Shayna Baszler's way. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, Ross. I think
1: this... Is the wrong way around. I think you have the one on one matches and the contenders getting in, maybe getting in each other's way, and then then you do the fatal five way. Um, So I think they've done this wrong because why do we believe that if Ripley is in jeopardy against one of those four people when she successfully overcame against them? Against them all, I have to say though WWE are give it, uh, giving given uh, an awful lot of effort to um, to uh, Zoe Stark just now. This you know this is a great spot for her to be in. Winning the battle royal, she was highlighted. Actually, really enjoyed that battle royal. I thought it was a really, really good, uh, really good showing there, and uh, lots of people got got some spotlight like Ivy Nile, for example, looked like a you know looked looked pretty dominant in it as well. So um yeah, this is a good showing for her. but again, I don't believe that Ripley's in any jeopardy going into this
0: this match. I stayed up to watch it. I seen like the first three quarters of it and then it got done to the final four and with it being twenty to three in the morning UK time, I went Bang! Outlet of light and missed the winner. <laughs> I <didn't giggle>. had <laughs> to go. Survival series to see who won. But, um, also announced, and I've since watched it back, War Games. Adam Pierce, the new GM of Raw, taking absolutely no nonsense. He's sick of the Judgment Day. He's sick of um, people taking things into their own hands. So it's going to be a four-on-four men's War Games match. It's going to be the Judgment Day of Damien Priest, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio. They're mascot J.D. McDonough <laughs> and they're going to go up against Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes Seth freaking Rollins and Jey Uso um, a really intriguing war games and we saw um, Sami Zayn, J.D. McDonough on the kickoff uh, at Crown Jewel we saw uh, Priest trying to cash in on Seth uh, before losing to Cody Sami Zayn being the one that stole the briefcase and we got a random world title match on Raw, which Seth Rollins defeated Sami Zayn, and we now know that's because we won't have a world title match at War Games. Seth Rollins is going to be in there. I'm really looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a great match, but it does strike me as a a stipulation that needs a match rather than a match that needs a stipulation. But I say that, and it's it's it is going to be fabulous. Um, it, you know, the War Games. Uh, concept in Survivor Series I really hope, we probably won't see it but I really hope we get a traditional Survivor Series match this year because I love those matches (laughs) Um,
0: but we're probably not going to get them See even if you do it in the pre-show and like we talked about stories being everywhere you've now got um, the likes of the Alpha Academy and the Creed Brothers even if you did them against I don't know, the other two guys from Imperium and another heel tag team you you know, Nakamura, he's not doing much there, Mm -hmm. there you are uh, (laughs) Nakamura the other two from Imperium and two other people, and a nice fun pre-show, five on five get a lot of people out there give people a spotlight, and yeah, just have a bit of fun with it, the New Day, they are you know, they are constantly able to slot into any storyline get them in there, I hope at the minute, I'm just hoping, I can already see damage control against Team Bianca in a women's war games and I'm just hoping that we can move away from this, there has to be two, there has to be a male and a female war games I don't think there needs to be, see last year the the women's storyline felt organic uh, the last NXT war games it felt more organic the women's storyline than the men's New breed versus 2.0 because, like, done. I wouldn't class as sorry, the old guard. I wouldn't class done as an old guard. I wouldn't have classed Ellie Knight as an old guard. Mm-hmm. So, we didn't really need to do the men's war games there. I don't think we need to do a women's war games here. Um, but I'm sure we will continue. And I think it, it dilutes it because I, I just I really don't want to see Bianca Belair in another war games match. I don't want to see her at all until she's changes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. I was thinking as we were getting ready to record, if you were booking a women's war games match, given it's only two weeks away, what would you what would you go for? Because there isn't really one there, and actually the war games matches themselves they're they are long matches, so having one of them on the show uh, feels feels plenty
0: to me. Yeah, no, absolutely um so let's talk about uh we'll talk about nxt um and nwa because they are going to be one in the same on this side. uh and then just a quick word on the the news coming out of TKO regarding Vince McMahon, (laughs) which we'll just touch on quickly. But Mike Johnson of PW Insider is reporting that WWE is on the verge of announcing a new home for NXT. Johnson cites sources who confirm that WWE has been in talks with the CW network uh, for weeks. The Discussions have centred around bringing NXT to the CW, where it would air on a weekly basis when the show's current media rights deal is up in 2024. So just... Getting more on the story here. Uh, Cited sources as well that they believe the deal is very close to being completed and is set to be a five-year agreement. The report noted that the deal would see the biggest increase for NXT media rights ever. Additionally, the report says that the CW has talked to several wrestling companies this past week, but WWE has become the focus of these talks. Mm -hmm. I mean, this
1: report, if this report is it true, and it becomes a deal. This is a tremendous deal for for NXT, and also shows why WWE was throwing so much at it in recent weeks. It's maybe not just. Uh, sorry, this is going to be disappointing news for some people. There, it wasn't just about that Tuesday night uh, spike head to head with Dynamite. Although that certainly was would have been a factor in it but there is a bigger picture at play here that wwe was protecting nxt and has been trying to elevate nxt as an asset which is tremendous i mean the turnaround in nxt since the the nxt 2.0 tobacco is something it's apparently a 70 percent increase in the rights revenue for it which uh, i've seen various varying reports i'm not sure exactly what's what's true with it or not, but somewhere, um, is it 30? Oh no, I'm, go- I'm not going to say the figures. I'll get it wrong, but it's a massive increase, 70%. Mm. SmackDown, we know, is up 40% from 1 billion over five years to 1.4. Uh, this is tremendous money for WWE. The future of Raw is still uncertain. There's still talks going on about that. More and more rumours pointing to it going to a streaming site. It does become increasingly... It's looking increasingly unlikely that Raw is going to be moving away from the USA network. Um, one of the things I think is quite fascinating is that WWE has all its properties coming up at the same time, which for me, in my business, I think that would be incredibly risky. I would try and stagger some of these deals, get some of them onto... Um, you know, different lengths of contracts. If you can get Raw on a six year contract, so it's rates wasn't coming up at the same time, but equally they seem to be playing their cards pretty well, leveraging huge sums of money from from this. It's it's sensational. The CW network, very broad reach. You know, people might remember the SmackDown once it aired on CW it's uh Smackdown got launched back in 1999 was it Uh, it was on the UPN network which got absorbed into CW for the people in the UK CW has become probably most famous in the States or most well known for airing a lot of the uh, the, the Arrowverse Arrowverse, thank you shows and it's now moving more into sports space and signing up, Uh, it's got rights for varying different sports and you've already mentioned nwa which may or may not have a, a deal with with the cw network but it's a tremendous uh, tremendous posi- positioning for
0: for nxt yeah CW uh, cw part of the warner brothers network it is um it's one of those uh, shows that uh, so channels that kind of focuses on the more youth demographic uh, okay believe Riverdale also shows on the CW in the United States as does a lot of um, sort of the the 90210 style shows set in US high schools a lot of them tend to um, air there but yes (laughs) Samantha Starr of uh, NWA recently did an interview talking about a NWA weekly show, NWA Power, and an NWA reality show that was going to be airing on the CW network. Um, now at the Sam Hain pay per view, I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. S a m um, h a i n Sam Hain. Am I pronouncing that right? That's Sam's. we we'll we'll roll with it. And I will roll with it. We care as much as Billy Corgan cares about quality content. <laughs> but yeah, Billy Corgan had recently tied down a TV deal with the CW network to bring NWA back to television. However, the incident at the Samhain pay-per-view last weekend, which showed Father James Mitchell, you'll remember him from Impact, former handler of Abyss. Um, I thought this was a backstage segment. Then I saw it was in front of the crowds. Then I realised... No, it's actually in the crowd. They had set up an area that was meant to look like a sort of dive bar and one of the women standing next to him puts her finger in what seems to be a bag of powdered substance, rubs it on her teeth. Father James then has a key, which he snorts off of. Uh, The commentators didn't know what was happening. The commentators were like, oh my God, they were shocked, they were appalled. Um, And Corgan's excuse for this uh, according to Haas uh, H- of Wrestling um, apparently when negotiations were going to bring NWA to the CW Corgan was told that the network wouldn't be watching the pay-per-views they would only be concerned with what's happening on TV shows airing on their platform um, there is now apparently a 90% chance that NWA power will be going onto the CW app as well. the reality show Um and apparently there's now no chance, 90% chance to 100% chance that NWA will be airing on the app and a nearly 0% chance it will be airing on TV. Apparently Billy Corgan pushed for this spot. He said that he wanted it to happen. We talk about people not getting out of their own way. This is one of those moments.
1: I mean, it's it's up there. That'd be like that argument of him saying that what well, happened in the pay per view, so it doesn't matter, it should be considered you. That's like me trying to use the postcode rule with my wife. I mean, it's not going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a different postcode, honey. It doesn't count as cheating. Um, I mean, it, it's just the most bizarre thing. When you watch, if people listening to this, and I know NWA has not got the greatest following in the world, you really need to go and watch this to understand. Uh, I've watched it a couple of times. This, the when you described it there, Ross, it just sort of got more methodic, It got more ridiculous as you described it. And for the life of me, I cannot think why anybody thought this was a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's, there are if this if there was a story they wanted to tell of them, you know, partying and and James Mitchell exerting control over over his, his stable. Whatever the story is, there are other ways that you could have told it in this way. You could have been much more nuanced about it. There are some things that have happened in wrestling that don't age perfectly well, um, but you can sort of. Th- Understand, to some degree, why they thought it was a good idea. I cannot, for the life of me think for it. You know, identify any reason why anybody thought this segment was a good idea, why they thought it was going to be anything other than brand damaging. And they maybe thought it might go viral and people would be looking at it and maybe subscribing to that idea of there's no such thing as bad publicity, but my goodness, this is. If that's what they thought, it's utterly flawed. This was a ridiculous thing to do and it has damaged this company immensely because they were on the verge of getting a a fabulous, fabulous spot
0: with a, a TV partner. Well, their loss is uh, NXT's gain, it seems. But uh, Dave Meltzer was reporting on today's uh, Wrestling Observer radio show that after corresponding with NWA CEO and owner Billy Corgan, Corgan is now disputing the report on the matter. Meltzer's noted that whatever agreement NWA has whatever network NWA has a TV deal with there is said to be an agreement in place not to talk about the contract, the release date or anything related to that or even if the TV deal is with the station other than the CW uh, NWA and CW have yet to confirm yeah but Corgan all but fucking confirmed it so oh, he just he can't get out of his own way let's talk about someone who for a year, couldn't get his own, couldn't get out of his own way uh, for getting his own way and now can't have that. Let's talk about Vince McMahon eh? in this new <laughs> era of WWE. Um, Vince McMahon has been listed as a risk factor by TKO Holdings in their recent SEC filings. It admits to McMahon's ro- that McMahon's role could bring adverse effects in terms of neg- negative publicity and potential earnings losses. And... Um, He's been slowly edged out. I don't know if anyone's ever watched Succession, but this is, no, don't worry, don't worry. He signed a contract. Right, out you go. (laughs) It very much seems like that here. Who would have thought a man known for groping, and gyrating in front of people, who's done it on national TV since 1997, would be a risk? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and actually, you mentioned
1: succession, but it was something similar with uh, that ultimately led to the demise of WCW and with Ted Turner being uh, positioned out of um, of his own his own company as well when he they did that merger with Time War Time Warner and AOL it merged. Um, but yes, Vince. Vince was always on the WWF, WWE's risk register, because he was such and has been such an important factor, particularly behind the scenes and on television. So they always had on the risk register, um, should anything happen to him. But yeah, it's taken a slightly different nuance. I don't know why this has come back into the public domain, because it was put out there a while ago, and then it seems to be put back out again. But the risk level doesn't seem to have changed. He's he's clearly aging. Uh, we can see that he's had some health difficulties recently. His uh, misdemeanors and what they've been investigating um, for are fairly well known there. Uh, unless this is just um, some efforts within the 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 new ownership group to start to lay the foundations for Vince moving on and. That not to cause a shock to the markets and therefore negatively impact the the share price.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think they are minimising his role at best, and eventually I think it will get to the point where they just eventually remove him from everything. Um, well, I think that's going to do us here uh, this evening. As you mentioned, that wasn't a surprise, but we only we were only going to talk about it briefly. Don't yeah. One thing I
1: want to touch on, Ross, just before we wind up, is uh, rumor changes to Mania weekend or somebody That's been oh, lucky enough to go too. to. Uh, been to. I was at WrestleMania thirty-three, and at WrestleMania thirty-nine. So the reports are uh, the NXT stand and deliver, which is the last two years, taking place at the lunchtime US time on Saturday. It potentially might be moved to the Thursday evening, so we would have. NXT on Thursday, SmackDown and Hall of Fame Friday, and then WrestleMania Saturday, Sunday, and Raw on the Monday, making it a five-night WrestleMania run, weekend run.
0: Yeah, they did that in um, the pandemic era. They had two nights of NXT. One was on the... Uh the weekly TV and one was part pay-per-view yes this was meant to be part of our I closed my bloody notes there when we were talking about Vince McMahon I completely forgot about this one <laughs> on the heels of CW announcements this comes from WrestleVotes uh, as you mentioned discussions taking place regarding NXT stand and deliver uh, being moved to the Thursday uh, at the Wells Fargo center it makes sense for some but not, ideals for, not ideal for others a source says um you certainly know better than I because WrestleMania, despite the fact that it's made it two nights, is still a long show. Yeah. You were obviously at the lunchtime show. Well, it's a breakfast show because... Breakfast show, yeah, for us because of the time difference. (laughs) And the fact that you are up from 8am to midnight and then you've got to do it all over again the next day, it's really not fair on the fans. And, you know, when you see some of the reactions from night one of WrestleMania, you think, oh, did the crowd pop as loudly as they should have? They were knackered.
1: Yeah, I mean, the attendance for NXT Stand and Deliver was quite small. I mean, there was plenty of plenty of seats going in that arena. It was not even close. I don't think it was even half full at it. Um, WrestleMania weekend was in a pretty good groove where you had, I think it was Hall of Fame Friday night, NXT TakeOver Saturday night, then we had the long mania on the sunday raw and smackdown on the monday and the tuesday that was the format at 33 when i went to it and it was pretty it was pretty good now obviously the 7 no, 7 hour wrestlemania's are not ideal so they sort of since we went to the two nights they're trying to figure out. and then smackdown coming on the friday night It's just messed up the whole cadence and flow of the Wrestlemania weekend. Coming out of Wrestlemania this year, WWE released a press release where they talked about the economic benefit of Wrestlemania and one of the headlines of uh, the economic benefit for the cities that host Wrestlemania one of the headlines from that is that the average hotel stay for somebody coming to Wrestlemania was four nights. So this could be an effort to try and make that even more attractive to a potential host city to say, actually, it has been four nights and you've got all this cash. It's now going to go to five nights mm-hmm. and you could you could make even more money because if you've got tourists coming, they're saying for five nights, that's a lot of hotel rooms, that's people looking for other things to do whereas they're in town, that's restaurants, bars, getting a lot of money. It's a, a huge economic boost for the area. So that might be part of the reason to it. NXT stand level on this the you know, lunchtime breakfast slots. It's not, uh, you know, the I think NXT takeovers. I think it's fair to say Ross they've not got back to the the heights that they once were were at. So uh, maybe it's an effort to put it back there. Maybe it's an effort to to try and just just drive some more economic value out of it. But I think yeah, SmackDown being on the Friday night is mucked up. NXT Stand and Deliver NXT Takeover and the Hall of Fame Hall of Fame this year was you know was not the experience that I would hope to to have been because I was sort of disappointed didn't Go To it when I went to WrestleMania 33 so I went I was at all the shows this year and yeah I think I would probably pass on Hall of Fame again
0: Yeah it does sound good when you're going like oh my god so much wrestling but then you realise like right this is a Big part of my day, and it is. It, it's live entertainment, it's draining, you know. I go to football games, and I think I've run 90 minutes. You know, I can't even run the length of myself, but I feel like I've run 90 minutes when I'm watching certain games. I feel that like I've aged 90 years watching certain iterations yeah. of yeah. You know, but, um, but yeah, it's just I think it, what you said is spot on. It, it's trying to squeeze every last penny out because uh, we talked about it on this show. Um, and people posted it in the group chat NXT Standing Lover tickets on the morning of Standing Lover were going for $3 on Ticketmaster and yeah. some really, really good seats I mean, you can never complain about a seat for $3 but um, <laughs> I think that being in LA kind of killed it as well because it's not 5 hours behind, it's 8 hours behind I think, now that they are back on the, is it the East Coast now this time in Philly, yeah yeah. So for us it was, you know, basically
1: we, we, we got back to the hotel room fairly late after Hall of Fame, up early, had breakfast, went to the show, had a couple of hours to kill, so we went and checked out the the fan uh, access, which isn't quite the the superstore experience, which isn't, you know, if they could if they wanted to improve WrestleMania weekend for the people that are attending it. Bring back fan access and the format it was previously would be a massive step to do that. And then we went and got, uh, we managed to pick ourselves on the Mania Club bus to um, to the SoFi Stadium, which was super. Um, so that day, the Saturday wasn't too bad for us, but yeah, it, it, you know, it was literally a full day doing WWE stuff. The Sunday was a bit more, let's just chill, and then we'll go for night two yeah, and spend. After- Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's the rumour changes. We'll see what happens there. I feel for some of the fans because people who have already booked hotels and traveled to WrestleMania thinking the format was going to be as it was this year. So, for some of those people, hearing that uh, TakeOver might move to the Thursday is going to hurt. You know, they're either going to have to change their plans or they're going to have to miss out on it. And these would probably be people that would be going to everything. So if WWE are going to make that change, they'd probably be best to do it from 41 onwards. I wish they would get back. Do you remember just after the pandemic, Ross, they announced three lots of WrestleManias in one go? Yes. I wish they could do that again.
0: Yeah, so, and you, yeah, I, do it like the the World Cup or the Euros. There's always at least two. but You're always two ahead, and then you know that the next one is between these two countries. So you're kind of like, ah, I'm swaying there because I'd like to go there, but I wouldn't like to go there. I'll complete safe, and I'll go there. You know what I mean? It's it's fun to plan it. Yeah,
1: out. yeah, and likewise, you've got um, what's uh, the Royal Rumble being held in Florida this uh, this January, which for people in the UK is actually quite an attractive proposition to go to. But the time and the notice they give you doesn't really allow itself or lend itself for for folk to make those you know plans. And those plans, those types of trips. So give, give us a wee bit more
0: notice, WWE, of some of these things, please. I think as well with um, AEW. AEW, I love the Wembley show, but it's got nowhere near the fan base that WWE has or the, the drawing power, although it did pull in. I know people are buying. Like, it pulled in, I know what it pulled in. But I think a lot of that, and essentially why I'm going again this year, is... You mentioned that attractive proposition to go to Florida, but then it's like you can get a train, a bus, or a cheap flight down to London and you know, you're you're on the same time, you don't need to change money, you're back up the road in the space of an hour on a flight. Like it's <laughs> it's an attractive proposition just to go down the road as opposed to having to go abroad. So I'm hoping that WWE are starting to give us more notice and hopefully a European WrestleMania.
1: Yes, well, the fact that they did that tease at uh, at uh, Money in the Bank, and it looks like they have no intention of following through on it,
0: I think is pretty poor. Yeah, I and did you see um, Grayson Waller's tweet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> since I've uh, since that announcement, premium live events in Australia one. <laughs> uh, in UK, nil, I'm just actually looking at the Mercedes-Benz and it's the arena, not the stadium up I thought the Berlin show was going to be the stadium above. No,
1: it's only a 17,000-seater stadium that they're playing over there, so they'll probably they'll, they will make a fortune, like they made a fortune at money in the bank over here, but it's not going to be, you know, for folk thinking here that they might go to it, it's going to, there's going to be a big ticket scramble
0: yeah, no, absolutely. I would love to see them, see if they went to Germany. And I know it's a rural part of Germany in Gelsenkirchen, so, you know, it, there's not a lot to do around that place, but you could certainly make stuff to do. Um, the Vetlins Arena for Schalke 04 in Gelsenkirchen in Germany, it's a 62,000-seater arena. And it's got, it was built for the Euros. It's still pretty modern and it's got the largest, it's got a a closable roof, it's got a retractable pitch, and it's got the largest screen in all of Europe. So Mm. I think it would be sensational for a wrestling show. I'd love to tell you what, see when I I win the lottery, and we buy WWE, we'll go there, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'll need to win more than the lottery once to to Mm. afford to buy
0: WWE now. (laughs) I think so. But anyway, we'll move on from there. Uh, No big question this week, but we do have, the return of feature shows coming up we recently released the Bray Wyatt profile we've got the Roddy Rowdy Piper profile coming up Gary
1: Yeah I was part of that discussion it was fabulous to delve into the career of the man who claims to be from Glasgow <laughs> and uh, and relive some of the highlights and moments of Roddy Roddy Piper's career I hope that folk will will check it out and tell us your memories of Hot Rod so who's who's all on the show, Gary? Who's on? So Chris Murray is is back as our host and does a masterful job at hosting it and has done some fabulous research into the show. We've got Billy Strachan, myself, and Alan
0: McLucas on the panel to talk about Roddy Piper's career. Brilliant. I returned to the podcast for some of our previous regulars and Billy Strachan of the Scottish Wrestling Network. So there you are, there's who your... <laughs> I love that Ross. It's like check out this
1: podcast, listen to some of your favourite podcasters and Billy Strachan.
0: No, 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 no. He the <laughs> a and the Scottish Wrestling Network. I was putting his podcast over. <laughs> I know, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Get in trouble here. Anyway, uh, if you want to check th- that show out when it drops and more of these shows, just remember it's Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we are on it. Uh, thank you very much Gary for joining me. Thank you very much, it's nice to be to be back on
1: Central with you and I believe you're going to have Mr David Hockney join you for next
0: week. Me and Mr Hockney will be previewing AEW's Uh, full gear pay-per-view MGF going up against Jay White for the AEW world title, so I'm looking forward to talking about that and I'll talk to you all next week, bye bye Folks, it's out it's out for you to listen to, it's the Roddy Piper feature show go and listen to that panel they broke down his legendary career, how important was he to the first WrestleMania, they talk about it that IC title match with with Bret Hart. Oh, yes, they talk about it, you know. Go and check out. It's a great breakdown on the career of the great Roddy Piper. Go and give it a listen.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?